What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Cycling stories from my youth that I told before. Well, conversations with myself that become such a bore. Struggling to find the rhythm in these blues of mine. I've been living out of focus, barren of life and light. If I try to change direction, I not find what I'm looking for. There's been a disposition, now surely to run its course. Persistence, and it's become a curse. It's unraveling backwards in the distance. I hear dirge. I can see him now. On his face, there's no trace of time. There's a strange and mad idea. If I try to change direction, I not find what I'm looking for. There's been a disposition, now surely it's run its course. Try to change direction And I find What I'm looking for It's a bit of disposition And now it's surely To run its course 
Hi, welcome to another episode of Untapped and Vinyl. This is your host, Alan, and I have Sammy Wild and Monk with me again. And uh, we had such a blast last time, we decided to do it again. Yay! Hey! It was so much fun last time. Yeah. And so it was two we, segments last time. Had to cut it in half. It so we so might have fun. cut it into threes this time. Oh, no. You never know. Beer gets to flowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just wait. You, you want to go ahead and just talk a little Let's bit? Just, we'll talk about, about the beer. You like this Elysian? Yeah, I've already polished the first one off. I'd say I'm pretty good to go. I don't know. I Actually, I don't know a lot about where Elysian is, I think. Um, but, but, nope, I'm not going to find like where the company is. Seattle, Washington. Seattle, Washington. Yes, and it has that citra hops in it. And the Amarillo the Citra gives it that citrus, hence the name Citra. But I think it's a solid IPA. We're drinking the Elysian Space Dust It's IPA. really good. Very good had it before and it's got sparkles on the six pack holder good gracious yeah gotta love anything with sparkles right right (laughs) I do (laughs) you sparkle a little bit oh thanks a little sparkly (laughs) Alan in about an hour is gonna be sparkly it's a true story (laughs) true true story and for you we got the gotta get up to get down yes which is a great beer it's like a nice, dark, full-bodied thing that's not too heavy. Because some, like, porters and stouts kind of choke you up a little bit yeah, mm-hmm. if it's not the dead of winter. But this one you can rock pretty much it's all got year. got that good coffee flavor made in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. So, confession right here. Remember last time I told y'all that I did not like a stout or a... Uh, you did, sir. Or a porter. Have you converted? I like got to get up to get down. That's why I bought it here today. You know, yeah. brought it here today was, um, man. Uh, after I left the van, after we were hanging out on Market Street, mm-hmm. I went down to Elbow Room, and I just saw the can, and I was like, let me get a can of that. And great choice. And I was, yeah. I looked at it, and I said, man, crap, because <laughs> I already opened it. And I was like, I'm not gonna like this. And I took a sip, and I was like, holy crap, it's not half yeah. bad. And then I took another sip, and it was home. You know, I, I think, do you like coffee? I, I'm not a coffee guy. Not a coffee guy. I think that's kind of the hang-up with a lot of the, the stouts and porters. I mean, a lot of them are coffee stouts and porters and not milk stouts. So I think that's a lot of the hang-up. But I think it's, it's too, it's like coffee when you get into a good coffee habit. You've you, you got to kind of find what your, your, your mojo is, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think stouts and porters the same way. And a lot of people talk about how thick they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know any beer that's thick, honestly. Every beer yeah. is about the same consistency. It's just the the meaty heaviness of it makes it seem like it's very thick. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, Druid City Porter, it feels heavy. For some of those <laughs> nice, like nitro craft beers, yeah, they're not heavy, but they're like creamy, smooth, weird, which I think I really like. Yeah, when you, I think it when messes you, some people up. When you pass the nitrous through it, it gives it that little extra. Um, airiness of it, super you know? fine yeah. bubbles. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, but I mean, and I'm I'm too. I'm not one of those people who subscribes to. I only drink porters and stouts in the winter time. I'll drink one right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean, although I'm enjoying my Elysian Space Dust, but I mean, I'll drink a porter in the middle of summer. It don't matter to me. Drink almost anything for a dollar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we had that last time, right? If the Christmas beer is on special, I'll take oh, it. Dude. Oh yeah. Oh man, go over to World Market. When they got their, all the little weird beers that they brew for, or whatever, whoever right. brews it for them. I mean, all the elf things and Santa Claus <laughs> beers and stuff. I, yeah. man, I rack up on those things when they got them marked down to 80 cents a piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
you know, February or March, I'll take full advantage of that. Absolutely. And so to move off into the vinyl part of it, we got the untapped portion covered. Yes, untapped is done. So Hellcat Records, and specifically, we're going to talk about the Interrupters. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're going to go to that 2018 album. The best record of 2018, Fight the Good Fight from the Interrupters. Hands down. I think we all agree it's a great record. I don't know if you guys agree with me. It's the best record of 2018. But like, And I'm, I'm not a... And that's one of the cool things, I think, about this record is I've always wanted to love ska. Yeah. But I've never really loved ska. I love punk rock. I mean, I come from... I mean, back in the day when, when Minor Threat and Black Flag and Circle Jerks and all these bands were mm-hmm. like hot, dead Kennedys, you know? And so I love the punk rock aspect, but something about the ska, like even listening to Operation Ivy, which is a band with Tim Armstrong from Rancid in it, you know, even listening, I think Skinhead Rob from the Transplants is even in that band as well. I didn't know that, but I didn't listen to a whole lot, but I tried so hard to love them, but I just didn't. I kind of would get into the kind of the British ska stuff, like the, the, um, the specials, and the slackers from there I don't know whatever but I tried to love it but when I heard this Interrupters record it's like oh shit I love ska yeah and like I've listened to ska since then and I totally get it it's like I don't know what happened with that Interrupters record it hit me at just the right point where I'm in love with ska now I think you introduced I think you introduced him to me Monk and it was so refreshing because I'm welcome. a huge Sublime fan, <laughs> and now I think I think this was you again here, and I was talking 311. I was I mm-hmm. consider uh, 311 partial to Sky. I'm not saying they're sure, Sky, sure. Band, like, but like, they have Sky elements. Yeah. And so, what was what was the what was we gonna talk about with 311 right there, and like how it's not a Sky? Was that me and you? That how was not you and I. No. I really they're not. They're not really Sky, but I see. They're more of a funk band. What are you talking about? Yeah. I would say they were based... It was that, like, pseudo-beachy fad yeah, that, whole, that happened. The whole Dirty Heads thing, you know, kind of a got a reggae funk vibe to them, mm-hmm. but Ska comes out in them. You know, like you were talking about Sublime. You know, Sublime, I think, is... is I think they're, they've got a, a Ska bass, mm-hmm. a Ska punk bass, and then they just branch off into all these other different things that they did while Bradley was alive, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really concerned with Rome. Yeah, I mean, I I don't mind the stuff that the Sublime with Rome stuff, and the the song they did with Wiz Khalifa, "Can You Feel It?" I think is a brilliant song. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. but I've not listened to that much. I've not branched out because I was such a big fan of of Bradley, and I'm just one of those kind of people. I guess I'm a band purist. You know, when your lead vocalist passes away or leaves the band, I know you still want to make music, but it's like mm, you know, same way, man. Yeah, I mean, it's good for the fans you too. Know, I, like, I, I think about this with STP. When mm-hmm. they're from and past, and they have the new guy, and they put out that single Meadows, and I was like, "I'm great." Like you said, I'm glad y'all still want to make music, but be something else. Don't be Stone Temple Pilots anymore. Yeah, just start a new band. Because it's like with Queen, like uh, with the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. If you take out um, Freddie Mercury, you just have Smile. Yeah, you don't have Queen without Freddie. Yeah, I'll have to admit that Queen is on one of those that list of bands I should love but I really don't, don't like Queen really I do not like Queen wow nope I, I respect them I think they're a great band but no I don't like Queen I just can't get into it I just there's something about it yeah alright so <clears throat> we were talking about Stone Temple Pilots or you were talking about Stone Temple Pilots did you hear the few songs they recorded with Chester Bennington yes as their vocalist 
that was brilliant in my opinion that was good that is something I could have loved for a long period of time yeah definitely but I mean that's just coming from a Linkin Park fan you know I mean that but I mean I think with Stone Temple Pilots you realized a little more how how really good Chester could sing yeah. You know, I mean, because you don't really, you get more of the, you, you get a lot of singing in Linkin Park, but I think his screaming and how powerful it is, I think, overpowers the fact that you just heard him sing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, it's like, it gives you chill bumps when he starts to scream, you know? It was uh, their third album, I think, with Linkin Park, after they'd done the Jay-Z smash-up, the MTV used to do, where they would do these collabs with... Thank you. Street, <laughs> Somebody passing by in the alleyway. Yeah. <laughs> Get Catfish Alley crumb. <laughs> but um, after the mashup, they had this song called Give It All, where Chester literally belted, I've given, it's given up. I've given up. And he said up for like a minute and a half. And I was like, my gosh, man, yeah. did you ever smoke a cigarette? I mean, dude had some pipes on him, yeah. This is insane. One of, one of the, uh, the very sad losses. We, we've had too many of them lately in the past couple of years. Oh, it was, you know, people it have... It was back to back to back. Yeah, it was Chris Cornell, and then that chain reacted over to Chester. And, uh, and the one that broke my heart was Dolores O'Riordan, because I remember my very first email address was at cranberries.net. That's back when bands yeah. would let you, you know, do... Actually, no, my first one was at garbage.com because of the band Garbage. Yeah. And then as soon as I see the Cranberries come out with that whole thing, I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm dropping the garbage when I'm going to Cranberries. Jumping ship. <laughs> yeah, I, I totes jump ship. <laughs> yeah, I just love the Cranberries so much. Dolores O'Riordan. And then you had Chester and, again, what you said, Chris Cornell. It's just, I mean, we've lost so many of that generation. I mean, I hope it's done. Yeah. I really do. It's, it's just a, I mean, Dolores, too, was not intentional. That we know of, you know, yeah. So yeah. let's li- liven it up. Come on, what we got? <laughs> back, so, to the, back to the interrupters. Okay, we got all right. way out base. So let's, back to let's the interrupters. Go back there. And so, Sammy, what was what was your favorite song off that album? Oh gosh, so many of them are so good. I remember uh, the first one I heard was "She's Give You Anything." Yeah, which is their new single now. Yes. Yeah, that's the one I've been hooked on. That was that was the first one from the album that I heard, and I actually sent it immediately to Breely over in Birmingham. Yeah. I was like, hey, this reminds me of you. Just have this album in your life. But She's Kerosene is great. I really like Room of the View. Mm-hmm. It's a really solid album. I don't know if I'd say I think it was the absolute best of 2018, but I don't sure. know which one I would put above it. There were a lot of <laughs> there were a lot of great records released in 2018. That's my thing. When you when you said best album of 2018, I was racking through and I was like, I don't yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was the best, but I can't think of anything to top it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because like I thought the Greeting Committee, they put out a record in 2018 that was phenomenal. Shit, I put like my top ten on Instagram, so I'd have to go back and look. And all the records that came out last year, the Whispering Sons put out a great record, but just something about that. I mean, it changed the way I see. That's 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 happened so many times in my life. I like I find this record or this artist that changes the way I listen to music. You know, it's like you and I. I think we're talking the first time when I first discovered the Sex Pistols by chance, just because I love the name. Never mind the bollocks. Here's your Sex Pistols, and I traded my cousin at Benny Vincent tape, and all of a sudden punk rock came into my world and mm-hmm. my life changed the same thing when I discovered Leonard Cohen and Tom Waits for the first time yeah. my, the way I listened to music changed and I think when the Interrupters record came I started liking ska it's like okay new thing <laughs> so yeah it's been one of them refreshing things like when sharing the Interrupters with friends and like just 
while we were out at the van on Market Street, I just overheard, we were all sitting in the van hanging out, and I, the guys outside the van, they were talking about Scott, and I was like, I hope you know about the interrupters. Yeah. Because, like, that is the face of Scott right now for me. It was a really cool throwback for me, because I, I did like Rancid and Real Big Fish and all of those guys, which yeah. was always kind of awkward and embarrassing, because there was, like, a really legitimate feud going on between Punk and Scott for quite some time. You know. True, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, like Rancid, Rancid's so punk rock, but they mix in that Scott element. You know, it's right. like you know, you think about um, Time Bomb. Yeah, he's really the song. one to kind of like bridge the gap. Tim Tim Armstrong is at, like we were talking, I think, in one of the other podcasts. Alan and I were about how there are like these people in the record industry that are kind of changing the face of things, mm-hmm. and we talked about Jack White. We talked about who else? Did we talk about? Yeah, but we were talking. Um, yeah, so I mean, and I think Tim Armstrong he and what he's done guys. with Hellcat and teaming up with Epitaph to to help promote everything, and Tim Armstrong, you know, he put out with his Tim Time Bomb records, he put out one song every day with new artwork to each single oh, yeah. every day for what two year and a half, two years. He gets and, after it, dude. And now. I want both of you to go home and listen to the Landfill Crew. Got it. New we'll record. It. You got it? You already heard it? No. Oh, you got it? You've noted it? Okay. Well, the Landfill Crew is Tim Armstrong and Tip Elite, a reggae artist. One of the best EPs I've heard in a long time. It's only four songs. And if you go to their Instagram feed, which is like the Landfill Crew or whatever, they've got videos up. And it's all kind of animated in that whole gorillas kind of thing yeah, where they've yeah. all got their own characters and stuff, you know? Yeah. And it is so cool because it mixes the elements of ska and reggae and punk and some straight up rock and roll, some rockabilly stuff thrown in there. It's very cool. Very cool record. Definitely be checking it out. Yes. Oh, oh, it's so good. And let me know what you think, too. Cause, and then everybody listening, too. Check out the Landfill Crew. A breakthrough record. I mean, it came out earlier this year. And that's one of those records that will kind of change the way you look at things, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Poets in the Night and... The Landfill Crew is one of the songs. So it's really cool. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I'm done, yeah. done praising. But, I mean, we could talk about Hellcat. And we could talk about all the great things yeah, that they've I mean, done for so rat, many years. Rat they, Boy over there. A Rat Boy. Rat, that Rat Boy record is weird, but it's good. It's weird good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then you go back to all the... I mean, if you're going to investigate, go back to all the Give Them the Boot compilations that they did over the years mm-hmm. and all the different bands they put in there yeah. from Scott to Punk or whatever, you know? Yeah, so... Oh, cheers to that. Thank you for the introduction to Hellcat, Tim Armstrong, and, you know, the Interrupters, man. Roll Tide. That was a roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hell of a plug. <laughs> and I think it was She's Kerosene was the first track I heard by the Interrupters. And like I said, dude, because it was so refreshing. Because I had been on this Sublime of Outroam forever, like, listening to all, all that. Bad mm-hmm. Fish and, yeah. you know, going back and then... Like I said, three eleven. That was my. That was when I thought Scott. That's what I was thinking. Sure, sure. And now I hear the interrupters. I was like, oh, thank God it's back and it's twenty nineteen. Yeah. And so if you are local in the Alabama Mississippi area, you can catch them at the Hangout Fest. They'll be there. Are, are, is that happening like this weekend or next weekend? Oh crap! You know what? You've already missed your chance. <laughs> but they were there. I don't know. I don't know exactly. I mean, it may be coming up. Wait. If not, check out. You know when Hangout is? I believe it's this weekend. Okay, yeah. So this, this check it out because if you got to see them, then you probably agree with what we're saying right now. Yeah. That they were one of the best freaking bands on stage. Yeah, just seeing some of the footage from Coachella 
man, the energy that they're bringing. Mm-hmm. When they played, I was jealous. My brother got to see them because he went in for the final Warp Tour. That was. Oh, oh yeah. Was that last year? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. But they're bringing it back. Really? But it's going to be on a smaller scale, oh, yeah. and it's only going to be like select dates. Yeah, it's not, not really it's not a tour. tour. Yeah, really, not really yeah. a tour. But no, they played, and apparently they were fantastic. Mm-hmm. So. Love them. I actually just watched last night a Joan Jett documentary on Hulu, and I never knew that like she had like a resurgence in her career whenever she went on tour on the Vans Warp tour. Playing. And then they had all these like younger artists talking about how, oh my God, it was so cool to see Joan Jett here because she's like one of the people. You know, it's like, wow. I mean, because Joan Jett is legit punk rock. Because mm-hmm. oh, the first version of I Love Rock and Roll featured Steve Jones and Paul Cook from the Sex Pistols. And I'll tell you that you can notice which version you're hearing based on the chorus. I Love Rock and Roll, whether it's got the I Love Rock and Roll. If it's got that British hint to it, then that's with the Sex Pistols. If not, that's with the Blackhearts. Kind of a cool thing. But she's legit punk rock. Used to hang out with Sid and Nancy and all that shit when she was in England. I think uh, the Fox plays the American version, Blackheart version. Whenever I was, whenever I was at the Fox, we played the Sex Pistol version. Oh, just kidding. I'm sure it hasn't yeah. changed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's happened since. I mean, that's been I don't, I don't, 18 I don't years ago when I was at the Fox. So. Whenever I hear I love rock and roll, I just immediately go that. I love rock and roll. Mm-hmm. They, there's more like a roll. Yeah, it is kind of British. Yeah. Now you hear Kind of cool. I don't know. We kind of swerved off on the Jones. Yeah, but that's a great documentary if you guys get a chance to check it out. I think it was on Netflix or Hulu. It was on Hulu. Show enough. We were talking about man crushes last week. I think yes. everyone has a crush on Joan Jett. And if you yeah. don't, don't tell me. Yeah, I don't but want to I be think, let down. But Joan Jett now, she's kind of got that. I think she's had a lot of work done to make herself still look freaking hot and mm-hmm. beautiful at how old she is. And she's probably like my age or something. And really, I think she's a little older than me, but she's still a cutie, though. Smoking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love. And man, I remember when I watched that movie, Light of Day. Which I don't think was a really good movie with Michael J. Fox and she, they were brother and sister or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, mm. dude! Oh, I was a teenage boy watching that movie, going, "Oh my god, oh, what?" Music video for Crimson Clover. She does this weird little like <gasps> I eye think, blink. Well, they had it. They had it a little bit in Super the documentary, high. but I've never seen the whole video. So, oh, well, it's good. I probably need to. You should check it out. Mm, maybe so. <laughs> plugs, plugs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on to the state of hard rock in uh, the great United States of America. And beyond. And beyond. Sammy, let's hear it. Okay, well, I'm going to start drinking for this one. Ooh. Um, Oh, man, where do we start? Uh, Well, we talked about rock that sounds like Creed a little bit last time we we were together. Uh, And there's a lot of that right now. I try to put most of the blame not on current bands, but on the music industry and the way that sure. all of that hinges. And I think we did that night that we talked about that. I think sure. That, that should be the way it put, should be put. So there are always a lot of bands that sound like a lot of things. Um, and I would say that right now the music industry is very lost when it comes to defining rock as a genre. Because it's been one thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. I make the argument sometimes that rock is supposed to be shocking and supposed to be breaking barriers, and so if you're not doing new things and letting rock progress as a genre, that you're kind of stifling it. 
but some people disagree with that because you know it is the blend of country and the blues and so that has certain parameters for people mm -hmm. and so I think that people in the music industry are trying to keep rock defined as what rock was 20 or 30 years ago and they're not letting it grow and they're not letting it grow or develop even though we have different technology and different styles and all kinds of new Mm -hmm. Like 9-11's happened and all kinds of different world events that make people think and breathe and do art in different ways. Sure. So we're talking about being a purist to what rock and roll started out being? Mm -hmm. Right. Like for me, and I'm going to give you a prime example. For me, I worked country radio for 11 years. Had a great time. Learned to love a lot of these or like a lot of these bands. But I was still a, you know, whenever Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson went through a divorce, they sat and wrote a song about it. But now you've got a group of five people that sit around to write a number one song and then they sell it to artists or whatever, you know? And so it kind of took the heart out of it. So I never was able to accept that. And I think with rock and roll, I'm a lot still that way as I think you should have a little more purity to what you do. But, mm -hmm. but I mean, I can't, I mean, you're a band. You you do what you do. You've got your talents. Mm -hmm. Do what you do, and and how it comes out. Because when you set, when you've got a band of four musicians, if mm -hmm. that guitar player leaves and you bring in another guitar player, he's going to have a certain style, and the yeah. music's going to change. Absolutely. So do what you do. That's just the way it comes out. I don't have to love it. Okay. Let's sure. go. Let's go here. Okay. Talking about this, Greta Van Fleet. Okay. We play them on the station now. Uh -huh. Most people's peeve or their thought on Greta Van Fleet is like, oh, that's a, that's a baby Led Zeppelin. Sure. But I like Greta. I'm a fan of uh, the Kishka Boys and Wagner. I like what they're doing. And does it sound like Led Zeppelin? Yeah, a little bit. But I think that's okay. Because, I mean, the influence of Sidon on their first album, on the EP, they covered... Uh, <laughs> Smooth jazz. <laughs> the uh, cover was A Change Is Gonna Come by Otis Redden. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a dope cover. Anyway, back to the show. And they've, they've recently released some more covers that they've been working on. On top of writing new material for the third album, they've already announced the third album is coming out. And I still look back to the EP, the second album was fine. But I, I still like Highway Tune and Safari Song and well, some of the same songs that you're playing now rather than playing um, some of the songs off the newer album. Well, and you're not alone because they've won a Grammy for the EP, not for their new album. Yeah. They are a very polarizing band. So it's what are your thoughts? Well, they sound a lot like Led Zeppelin, and that's true. And I think if you deny that, you're lying to yourself on some level. Because Zeppelin has been a band that's been hard to replicate. Mm -hmm. And they sound a lot like them. And I think that's fine. They're a young band. They're obviously really talented. Uh, the biggest beef that I have with them is really just everyone's reaction to them. Because, you know, they're young guys. They're still figuring out what they're going to do mm -hmm. and what they're going to sound like. And some producer may have advised them to sound a lot like Led Zeppelin. And that may have a lot to do with what they're doing. Or they may just genuinely be doing that from a very 
truthful, honest place. Like they're showing their influence on their sleeve kind of thing. Yeah. And not really intentionally doing it, just that's the way it came out. Mm -hmm. Right. And if that is the case, and it's not some producer telling them that they'll be wildly successful, as they have been, by imitating Led Zeppelin, then that's a very normal thing that lots of bands have done for a long time. My biggest problem is that so many people in an influential position in the music world who are of a certain demographic and age range, statistically, mm -hmm. really latched on to Greta Van Fleet, mm -hmm. hardcore, and went, oh, thank God, they're saving real rock and roll. They're going to bring back that actual rock and roll mm -hmm. sound. And so this is something we've had a lot of conversations about. So my biggest problem was really that Greta Van Fleet was put on this pedestal that I don't think was necessarily deserved. I think that they're young kids that are talented, and I'm interested to see what they do for the rest of their career. But I think they have been given influence that wasn't necessarily earned by their musical skill and are continuing to be pushed by people who are just really on the nostalgia train. Sure. And people who, unfortunately, are a little too influential to be making decisions based on that in my my opinion gotcha cool so I'm excited to see what the third album is going to sound like supposedly they're already working on it probably sound like Led Zeppelin 3 <laughs> could be <laughs> could be I, like this is something I can't weigh in a whole lot on because I've not listened to a lot of Greta Van Fleet and uh, I've got um, I've got both albums out there in the truck but uh, <laughs> and that, that was one thing when I heard um, when I heard Safari song I thought it was like an unreleased Led Zeppelin song. That was, and I heard it off Fox. Yeah, we got a lot of calls about it going, oh, what's that new Robert Plant solo yeah. something something. Yeah. It's really that close. Like, I mean, I'll, so, I'll be honest, I've not Safari listened to like, I've heard is. one or two songs you guys have played on the Fox, but like, I mean, I, it's that freaking close. Safari song is. And like saying they're the savior of rock and roll, that's a little much. Still, I mean, there have been so... Heavy. There have been so many saviors of rock and roll. And, yeah. You know, I mean... It's, and another thing about these guys is, like, they're incredibly young. These are... They just got old enough to drink, man. You know? Are yeah. they all old enough to drink? I, I don't... I think, <laughs> I think a couple of them aren't yet, you know? They're they're really young guys, and but like you said, they're so talented. But the first album, EP, Grammy winner, and then the second album, okay. And so I'm waiting on the third, and that's going to be, like... That's going to solidify it for me. Are they going to make it? Well, make it. I mean, they're selling out stadiums. But are they going to Are they going to find their own sound, I guess is the question. I think they'll do okay for a while. I don't know if they'll fully find their own sound. And I'm afraid that if they actually do break away from what they're doing now, that they'll have a huge drop in popularity. Mm. Um, yeah, but the biggest thing that really made my skin crawl about that band was just hearing people in positions of authority to make decisions about like music around the country and what people do and don't hear mm. getting so excited about them and I you know I'm a sucker for punk rock and things that are loud and heavy and noisy and messy and outsider bands and all of that so just seeing everything driven back home to the same point and not letting any progression happen over a band that's a not quite a carbon copy of an old standard, but similar. Uh, in my mind, that makes that even more difficult for other bands like, say, the Interrupters, like we were talking about earlier, or people even more fringe to really break into the mainstream so it's consciousness. Like, it's, it's like they're uh, unknowingly holding that spot 
where yeah, other bands can't get the current situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of like the the Creed influence on mm-hmm. rock and roll back in the the nineties right, that we talked about. Right. Similar, yeah. So, all right. So you've got both records in your truck, mm-hmm. and you you like the band, right? They sound fine. They sound fine. <laughs> I mean, so they're doing their job. Yeah. I mean, you got two people that will listen to them and. I mean, they may, you guys may think a little bit about, a little more about the band than the normal folks or, or whatever, but I mean, you, they're doing their job. Yeah, They got you hooked. You got both records. Yeah. I mean, you know? after that EP dropped, dude, because there was five songs off that EP, Black Smoke Rising, Highway Tune, Safari Song, Flower Power. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the EP. Yeah. I thought they were great songs. And it was it was fun and it was it was a throwback too. Like I, I did think it sounded like a lot like Led Zeppelin, but I gotcha. love Led Zeppelin. I like getting the stinking lead out. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and put Led Zeppelin on one of those list of bands that I should yeah. love, but I don't. Yeah. Again, Ouch. Queen and Led Zeppelin right there. But see, I, I I guess I I was dumbed down because I worked classic rock radio for so many years of my life. From from what you guys are telling me, and I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this band, but for both of you who can stand Greta Van Fleet check out Kula Shaker okay K-U-L-A Shaker like do you like Deep Purple I do okay well, listen to Kula Shaker okay you're gonna love those guys they were around for a short period of time they may, may still be making music and I just don't remember or know it or whatever but, um, but really good band another one of those bands that I think that's maybe the kind of reason they didn't really pop off was because they sounded so much like so many other of those older bands and I mean, can we really fault them for like showing their influence? You know, you have certain bands that come out like, let's go back to Lucero. Lucero doesn't sound like anybody. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I'm sure they have tons of influences that, you know, but they just sound like Lucero. And like when you say that the Dexatines is the sound The Dexatines sound like Dexatines. And when, when I think of Memphis, I think of Lucero. And that, that's, yeah, just, sure. that's just me. Yeah, because it mixes that rock and roll blues background with the soul background mm-hmm. that you know and it's just like for for tuscaloosa dexatines to me sound like tuscaloosa because yeah. just that wild crazy you know we're growing we're freaking all over the place yeah. we got some people from the country we got some people from, from wisconsin um, yeah wisconsin living here because we're a college town and yeah. it's just it's all over the place it's jangly and it's awesome mm-hmm. you know but totally and so to, to move off, Greta, I just wanted to ask you that, just because I was curious, because it plays on the station. <laughs> oh, sure. And, and to clarify, I have no problem with Greta Van Fleet, the band. I have a problem with some of their fans, and my biggest complaint would be I think some of their lyrics are a little juvenile, because they're young. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, they sound fine. Yeah. I mean, working country radio, there was, like, I couldn't understand what the hell Taylor Swift was talking about, because... <laughs> Her lyrics were juvenile, and I'm a damn grown-ass man trying to play this on the radio. And, you know. Same thing, man. Like, oh, just Taylor Swift, just for a second. Got oh, new, new music no. out, so I'm guessing that she had a new breakup. And that's how I think about Taylor Swift. <laughs> Every album is categorized by a bad breakup, right? Isn't but, that life? 
Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we were talking another, about that. It's another memoir. We were talking about that, and we'll go back to Lucero again. We were talking about that, how I've got a Lucero song for every situation in my life. She done broke up with me. She's mad at me. I don't know what she's thinking. I got a different song that mm-hmm. goes along with that. So I think Taylor Swift fans, probably the same way. Definitely. You know, or any person that, that is hardcore into a band. I mean, you could be into Led Zeppelin. You probably got a song for every Led Zeppelin. You know, or you're into... Uriah Heap, you got a different Uriah Heap song for every mood. Oh, I'll tell you something about getting the lead out. There's nothing better than starting a day with when the levee breaks. That's that's just me. I would say, like for me, <laughs> give me my give me my cold brew and then put on immigrant song. Let me start the day with immigrant song. I like if I'm gonna go Led Zeppelin. I like immigrant song when I'm getting out of town or out of country. And that's just me. Like if I was going up to uh, Memphis for the weekend. One of the songs on the playlist that's going to be immigrant song. Here we go. I'm going to listen to Lucero all the way there, and when I roll into Tennessee, I'm putting on an Elvis. And I'm a massive Elvis fan, so what, that's a whole other podcast. Spectrum. We could just do an Elvis podcast. But back to rock with with some of the other new bands that are coming out right now, like Bad Wolves. They did this Cranberry cover, and now they just released a single. And just talk about just rock and where it's at is. I don't think it's coming from the heart. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Uh, I think some people are genuine and some people aren't. And kind of tying back into what we were discussing earlier, you know, I think that we have this very limited definition of we want rock to be right now. And so things that are too noisy or jangly or discordant never get heard things that don't fit the stereotype of what we remember rock being get pushed over into alternative and so when it comes to like modern mainstream rock we have these very strict set of parameters of what we are and aren't willing to call Mm -hmm. rock and so you get left with all of these bands like Bad Wolves and Five Finger Death Punch and the re-release of new albums from Nickelback and Three Days Grace and Kid Rock all of these bands, uh, because that's what's out for a left in the bottom of the rock barrel, because we've taken everything that's new and progressing from rock, and we've said, well, that's not rock, because it doesn't fit X, Y, and Z, so we're going to put it in this other category over here. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get this self-fulfilling cycle. Not that everything runs on radio, but that's what Monk and I do, so I'll yeah. just tie that back in. You know, if what's hot or not gets decided by number of plays across the country then you have the self-fulfilling prophecy of these bands that are already big or the bands that make it onto a certain genre or format get played more and get played more and then people who don't like them, program directors who wouldn't choose to play them on their station feel like they have to because they're the number one charting song sure. for rock. Absolutely. And it it just perpetuates the fact that we're even talking about Nickelback having a new album right now. Yeah. You know, but people feel like they have to play it because that's I thought it was Rock. dead, and I was hoping it was going to stay dead. Yeah. And like even with you, and it's like, oh, you, Chad Kroger's going to be the new Nirvana. No, that was the article that came out on the Alt 1017 website. Like, you know, kill yeah. it with fire. Oh, I know, for real. <laughs> Burn it. <laughs> don't do that. Bamboo sticks under my fingernails. <laughs> I don't even want to think about Chad Kroger singing for Nirvana. <laughs> And I don't, and hopefully, I was like, uh, hopefully Dave Grohl would be nothing like, nothing against the dude, no. nothing against the dude, because he is good at what he does. Yeah. He is the Taylor Swift of rock and roll, mm. without I, the age. 
He's the Taylor Swift of rock and roll because he knows how to write a fucking hit. He does. And he knows exactly how to get in there. Kind of like back in the day when Art Alexakis and Everclear came about. They knew how to get that. Or, no, I'm sorry, Collective Soul. Collective Soul. Oh, Ed Roland. Can write a fucking guitar hook like nobody's business. I don't know if anybody else that can write a guitar hook like Collective Soul used to do. Mm-hmm. Their new song just came out. I don't know if you've heard it or I not. I haven't. I have every other Collective Soul it is, album. It is. It is. It is. I mean, it's still them. Yeah. But it doesn't have that hooky guitar. You know, you know, whatever they're doing at the beginning of the song, it kind of gets you in there. And like Art Alexakis in Everclear, I think was the same way. They kind of had the. Dum, 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 ticka, dum, dum. Yeah, it's that very South California oh, rock yeah. sound. Yeah, and you kind of you always just they pulled you in on that guitar, you know, loop. Kind of like reggae when Bob Marley and the Wailers. If you ever listen to any of those songs, you hear wa ba 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 da da da, boom, dum, dum, and it just kind of yeah. levels out, you know. Yeah, that little drum hit yeah. that I think gets you. Yeah, I guess this kind of goes back to what Sammy is saying, and we have talked about this over the past few days is when you think about classic rock and it takes 20 years for it to be classic at so, least yeah right and so like journey boston um other bands that i can't think foreigner of. foreigner kansas chick bands chick rock chick what rock. I, I was what i always called them when i was working the format yeah chick rock arena rock arena yeah. rock and that's fine and then you have like Led Zeppelin, ACDC, and those guys, and I consider that a totally different part of rock. But like to defining rock right now, like Sammy said, is like if you don't fit into this small stream, you're gonna be alternative. You will not make it on a rock station. You're gonna be on alternative. Sure. Or you'll just stay out in the street, and we're yeah. not going to help anybody well, hear about right. you. I mean, the the alternative format is the same way. It's a small stream, you know. But we, I, I don't think, know. I think, it, I think, cater, I think, it caters to pop. I think Billy Eilish and Halsey and all those like guys Billy Eilish. I never would have figured we'd be playing that on an alt. I love Billy Eilish. I, I think do she's totes talented, but. I don't see where she would ever have fit in. Her I never would have figured hearing it. You know, prior to, and then there's so much now. Me working like indies only, like I will, like I have this sound in my head, and I think Swearing, uh, band out of, I guess they're out of Pennsylvania or wherever they're from, but Allison Crutchfield, she's from Birmingham, so like that's the sound I want my show to sound like. But every week I'm getting these pop bands, and I'm getting, and everything's synthesized, and then you get these like overly heavy rock bands, and it's like. Where does it all fit? You know, I think alternative, alternative is kind of the alternative is like the United States of music. That's kind of like where everything is dumped. But it's kind of weird because you listen to certain alternative stations if you're driving around the country, and they're maybe a little more pop, and then some maybe a little more rock. I I guess depending on the region or wherever. That's the thing about alternative, and I think that's kind of specific to uh, me growing up I remember like Taking Back Sunday and all the bands that I grew up with and that was strictly alternative and that is the way I thought of alternative and I was like when I thought of Taking Back Sunday and these bands it's like this won't be played on your radio and that was the meaning I played on the first version of Indies only I played Cute Without the E thank you (laughs) I sure did and that was the meaning of alternative because it was alternative to the radio sure this song won't be played on your radio. It goes back to that old Jet song. And, yeah. like, 
and that is what I loved about alternative. But thank God for alternative stations right now because like they're not fitting into this narrow gap. Yeah, that you I, seem I to think I, you know. I mean, they they fall prey to ratings. They fall prey to um, research and and all of this nonsense that I think goes on for no reason because I just don't think we should ever have ratings books as much and especially in the smaller markets like with me in Tuscaloosa and you here in Columbus I don't think we should have the ratings book and I think it kind of forces us into this this funnel um, of playing stuff that maybe doesn't fit what we're doing just because it's top of the charts you know right. um, so therefore alternative it's not really an alternative to anything when it's yeah, it's becoming I, its own genre and yeah, format. Yeah, yeah, and it's so wild looking at it. Now. It's not back like when I was like 1980 or 1990 when I started at WMUW here in Columbus, and I was pulling freaking Lard records and Dead Kennedys records and Circle Jerks and playing that shit on the radio, vinyl records, spinning them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that anymore. Yeah, you know, and you listen to a lot of college stations; they're playing what the alternative stations are playing now. They're not playing whatever the DJ wants to play. And yeah. that was the pur- purpose of the format, was to be an alternative to everything else. You know, yeah. the college radio especially, um, growing through the, the, the late 80s, early 90s, when REM, B-52s, Talking Heads, all those bands were hitting. Mm-hmm. I don't know where 92 The Zoo is now, but there was this college rock station in Mobile. Mm-hmm. And I remember they, the zoo. They kept it real. They're still there. They were there last time I looked. I mean, I'm, there's still a thing, but yeah. like, I'm talking about like keeping it real, like playing some damn bangers, man. Yeah. So here's a question for you guys: Do you think that an alternative station, if they're going to be a purist, should not play a song if you could hear it on another station, another formatted station? I mean, in a perfect world, no. But yeah, I mean, if you've kind of got to, you know, <laughs> it kind of got to bend to a certain extent. How far you bend, I think, should be left up more to the programmer rather than somebody sitting in, you know, nowhere USA that doesn't live here. You should kind of, like, you know, I think we should be playing more Alabama Shakes in Tuscaloosa. Hell yeah. You know, we should be playing more. We should be playing Lee Baines the Third and the Glory Fires because they're from that area. We should be playing the Dexatines occasionally. You know, we should be and supporting kind of, your local guys. Yeah, I think there should be a whole lot more local support, but then I think there should be a whole lot more regional support. And, and I mean, do we give up bands like Imagine Dragons to pop radio? I have nothing against Imagine Dragons, but please, let's give them up. You know, let's push. And I love Billie Eilish, but let's push her. She's not. I would rather just have Billie Eilish on pop. I would rather yeah. have Halsey on just pop. Yeah, and right now you've got they, these they bands that are on multiple formats. You got are, Beck, who is doing pop music and their own alternative. He's that, on alternative. That's in this guy's going Beck. Yeah. Beck, man, I Super can't remember like when I heard guy. Let's when don't I, ever yeah. say he's not. I'm not gonna say he's one brilliant. Bad word about yeah. Beck. Like loser, and then going up now, he's got Avalanche, and, then and the got song the new wow. wow. Have y'all heard Wow? I, yeah, yeah, that is my favorite Beck song ever, right? Yeah, now. I love Wow. It's on every playlist, and he I've belongs got. on all except for Lucero playlist. And he doesn't belong on pop, he's alternative all together. Yeah, yeah, Cage the Elephant belongs on alternative. Yep, I agree. And I'm, I'm so glad that they're on the Fox. Well, yeah, and so that gets into a weird ground, too, because. 
have the occasional rock station that's willing to play more alternative stuff because that's what people are into. I'm and that it. shouldn't edge the local alternative station out. But to me, that's always kind of an interesting little success if I tune into 101.7 and hear something that I know I played earlier that day. Because I know that that's an... No but, offense, but, but, but that's but, an audience I'm tapping into. But, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, you, you got... Because, like, classic rock, when when is it going to grow? You know, when is when are things going to start being interjected in there to make it interesting? Because we've heard this same shit. We've heard Dear Maker. We've heard um, Hello, I Love You. A fucking... 30, 40, 50 years now. Hell yeah. It's like, when are we going to get to that point where new stuff starts becoming more alternative or at least is interjected in there so the classic rock listener can get to experience it and start to love it? Now, you guys start playing Billie Eilish. It'll be weird. I th- yeah, that'd yeah, be totally yeah, weird. That would be too But weird. I mean, for you guys to play Kings of Leon, it's not weird. You know? Right, right. It makes sense. It's like, that's... You know, because there was, there was a point, I think, when I first started classic rock radio where we had to start interjecting stuff like Pearl Jam and John Mellencamp and right. some of that 90s stuff, you know, and make it a little... Because you've got to... Eventually, Jimi Hendrix is going to go away. He's going to become oldies. Mm-hmm. Janis Joplin will become oldies. And classic rock has to continue to live at some point. And I think... I mean, I think it's great stations like 99.9 The Fox where you get to interject this new stuff you're playing Alice in Chains yeah, I'm glad and, it's just not a classic rock alright so we started out with the the Interrupters and Hellcat Records and was really hoping to just spend a whole lot of time with the Interrupters and I just can't say enough about them closing thoughts before we walk out if you have not checked out the Interrupters I encourage you to do so Anything else you guys want to add before we walk out of here? My closing statement, check out the Landfill Crew. Landfill Crew. Please. That's another Hellcat. Yes. Sammy? Fox Rocks. The Fox? (laughs) There you go, Rocks. (laughs) Okay. Roll Tide. Roll Tiddly Tide. All right, guys. It's been another episode of Untapped and Final. We out of here. News and notes. Just wanted to clarify, I do like Stone Temple Pilots. I just don't think it was the same since Scott passed. I do like that the the brothers and Kurt still want to play and make music and move on since what's happened. So that's good. Monk was right. I did get a little sparkly there at the end of this episode, and it's going to be great going into the next episode of Untapped and Vital because it was recorded immediately after this one. But you won't hear that next we're going to the elbow room next, and so those of you familiar uh, with Rob Swindle in the elbow room, uh, you'll definitely be in for a treat. And if you don't have any idea about it, uh, you're in for an even bigger treat. Um, a lot of great stories about a, a barkeep's dog who was just awesome. And uh, we talked about music because a lot of live music happens at elbow room. And we talked about comics because comics are sold at Elbow Room. And as far as notes goes, the next artist here is played at the Elbow Room. This is Hunter Myers and his song Retrospect. Peace out. Was 
said if I leave How long would it take you to forget me? Tell me would you hold on tight Yeah to every one of those bad, bad memories Yeah but I said goodbye Well no, don't let the door hit you on your way Oh, but in retrospect, I think there's about a hundred better things that I could have said. Like, baby, don't go. Yeah, but she left Well, she packed all the books and burned everything else Yeah, she said not a funny thing Yes, baby, you think you got it all And you ain't even got yourself Should've said don't Mississippi. 